2: your refrigerator after a long day seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge the answer is no there's nothing better that's why when it's time to chill you choose Coors Light it's mountain cold refreshment made to chill Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind so that's why when you want to hit reset reach for a beer that's made to chill Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate.
3: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, number 96. Today we have a special episode for you. This is Scott. I'm going to be taking you solo through the interview with Mr. Rob Refsnyder. I know you guys know that we talk about Rob in on the show, and uh, we always have pretty good things to say about him. Needless to say, we're excited about getting him on the show. He is working on a brand new campaign to raise money, for a place called a a kid's place in Tampa. And he is selling shirts uh, along with Athletes Brand to raise money and raise awareness for this awesome charity. Rob is very passionate. It's it's very obvious he's passionate about this charity and raising money and awareness for them. So definitely check them out. Go to athletesbrand.com slash refsnyder to pick up a shirt and buy one for someone that you think has overachieved as well. We get to learn so much about Ref Steiner in this interview. It's about forty five minutes long and it's, you know, basically about his life and coming up through the ranks in the Yankees system, playing college ball at Arizona, and we get a lot of background, I think, and insight on, on Rob as a person and then also he kind of takes us through you know the, the dynamic in the dugout a little bit and the in the clubhouse both in Scranton and in the Bronx. So there's really some interesting information that we get that you really don't get anywhere else. So he was um, he was awesome. I mean, he was a really nice guy and uh, and and very excited to I guess talk to the fans more. I think that's something that you know he he and I talked about and uh, and he was excited. So I'm excited to to give you guys this interview. It was a lot of fun. Uh, really nice guy. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Rob Snyder. We got Mr. Rob Refsnyder on the phone, on the video. He's hanging out with us on Skype. Going to uh, going to hang out for a little bit. We're going to get to know Rob a little bit more. Rob, thanks for joining us, man.
4: Yeah, no problem. Pumped.
3: So, you know, obviously, Yankee fans know know who you are. You've been up with the the team for quite some time, and you know, last year, this year, you've had a lot of good success. Uh, we want to know more about you. We want to know more about you as a person too, and just kind of find out, you know, what's uh, how you grew up. Um, you know, what your childhood was like, and. I don't know, you know, every, everything about that. I know you went from West Coast to East Coast, so there's got to be a, a nice little transition from there. I'm sure you have some uh, some good thoughts. Um, but, yeah, tell us just a little bit, I guess, a, a good background.
4: Yeah, before we went live here, we um, you know, we were talking about how, you know, we don't get to interact with the fans as much as we like. Um, you know, mostly the interactions are through Twitter, good and bad. So, um, you know, at the stadium, it's, it's, um, it's, it's harder to interact with the fans as much as you'd like, so this is pretty cool. Nice. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was um, I was born in uh, South Korea um, and then I was adopted when I was about three months old. I was adopted when I was born, but I came to the states when I was about three months old. So um, that's that's where Ref Center comes from. It's a, it's a different you know last name. I get a couple strange looks here and there for sure when I'm playing and, and things like that. People don't expect uh, you know an Asian to be to be having that or repping that last name. So uh it was always kind of a kind of joke joke growing up but um yeah i grew up in uh, southern california and uh big sports fan i was a lakers fan when i grew up it was easy to be lakers fan um with shaq and kobe and things like that so um yeah lakers fans my dad and i used to go to a bunch of games and uh angels were, were closer than the dodgers so i i would go to a lot of angels games and then um uh committed to go to university of arizona so i went to school there uh that's where i met my wife and um yeah so university of arizona got drafted uh yankees wanted to uh, see if i could play second base i hadn't really ever played second base i probably played two or three games of my life there um so yeah i got drafted in 2012 and um yeah last year was my first year with the team so it was, it was at 2015 so um yeah so that's a i guess a little summary
3: nice We'll we'll definitely talk about the positions too because I know that's I mean everybody's talking about when you come up like where is this guy playing is you played right field outfield in college mostly right and then transitioning to second base you played some third I've always been a you know a proponent of, of uh, athletes in baseball that you know if you can play one position chances are you can play a lot of the other positions especially if you are an athletic outfielder a middle infielder we'll get to that I got I got some thoughts on that I'd <laughs> like to hear right. your, your your thoughts on it. Um, but growing up in Southern California, I did some reading. I did a little bit of background on you, trying to, to find out a little bit more. And I, I saw your dad play basketball in Muhlenberg. Mm-hmm. So there's some East Coast ties there, huh?
4: Yeah. Um, my parents met at Muhlenberg, mm-hmm. um, got married at Muhlenberg. So they're very small-town kind of people, and um, that's kind of how they raised me. So, yeah, uh, a lot of East Coast ties. My, uh, my uh, grandma still lives in the Lehigh Valley. Uh, my aunt still lives around that area so um my mom's actually in that area right now uh visiting her mother so um or my grandma so yeah um
3: so a lot scranton, of east coast ties so scranton was home scranton was the second home for you almost it, you, had a lot you of know
4: there. the cool part about scranton was a lot of my parents close like family friends that never really moved out of the area to or didn't move too far um I got to meet them. Um, a lot of good meals, conversation. You learn a lot about your parents that they're embarrassed to tell you about their college days. So, yeah, yeah. it's been a really, really good experience getting to know, um, you know, kind of my parents' background a little bit.
3: No, that's awesome. My wife has uh, family in Scranton actually, big, big wrestling, wrestling community. Yeah, her cousin was a, a guy who went to um, the Olympic qualifiers. So I know that they're they're you know wrestling and football is life out there.
4: That's cool. That's really cool.
3: So another thing about that that I read, and I thought this was funny, and I needed to, to hear more about it. I heard, mm-hmm. your, I read that your dad never let you win at anything until you were 17. And all I can, all I'm picturing in my brain is you, you getting just rejected by Will Ferrell. Like that's that's what I have in my in my in my <laughs> brain. Like the Will Ferrell rejection, like uh, dad laughing in the kid's face. What was it, yeah. what was it like competing with your dad?
4: Uh, for the listeners, my dad's six foot eight. Oh, um, wow yeah so we i mean he played college basketball he he had a really good fadeaway for for a big guy and he had really just elbows that would just kill you so yeah my dad never let me win um in basketball and in any sport and I mean, i'll i'll definitely pass on to my children just uh i think competition's great i think it brings out the best of you and um yeah it's something i really really appreciate my dad did never really let me have anything easy always wanted me to work hard and always told me that um you know i'll probably never ever be the, the best or naturally gifted at something but if you work hard it can overcome a lot of a lot of things
3: you played three sports in high school
4: yeah i played a uh, basketball football and baseball um i love basketball just because my dad but, um Financially, going to Southern California, I mean, it's really, really expensive. And my sister had already uh, committed to go somewhere and uh, uh, wasn't going to breaks with her, her uh, tuition. So, baseball gave me the best opportunity to get a scholarship. Uh-huh. I, I enjoyed football a lot too. So, yeah, baseball gave me the best, uh, I guess, break on my on my parents' uh, wallet.
3: <laughs> I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I think baseball is in a in a very different place than it was when I was a kid, and you know, maybe even when you were a kid. It seems like there's a lot of kids now specializing. Like all year round, they're playing baseball all year round. That's all they play. The fact mm-hmm. that you played three sports, do you think that that was that was a really positive thing for your baseball career? And and you know, definitely, what are your thoughts on on these kids specializing so early? I mean, you're seeing so many arm injuries now.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I went to a, a public high school, and there was a lot of really you know dominant uh, you know private schools that seemed like kids had to specialize in one sport to 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 have a chance. So my high school was. Obviously, we didn't have the the talent and specialized kids, so kids were encouraged to play as many sports as possible. Pretty much to, you know, kind of fill up the um, <laughs> fill up the rosters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you know, if I had any advice, I'd encourage parents and, and, and kids to play as many sports as possible. So it gives you the most interaction with with human beings and, and um, learn a lot from from other people, coaches, you know, parents. Uh, I just think it's it's a good thing to. You know, be outdoors and playing different sports and playing basketball, playing football, you know, just just being a kid and, um, you know, having fun, because (laughs) once you get once you get to, you know, college and and maybe professional, it it gets really, really. um, Obviously, there's a lot of fun moments, but it's 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 a job for sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of pressure, a lot of work. Obviously, you get a it takes work to uh, to get to that level. I mean, you can't you can't just yeah, can't just have fun the whole time. Yeah. Speaking of fun, Arizona, you know it's always it's always ranked up there with uh, one of the more fun schools in the country. The uh, you you had a obviously an awesome experience. You were playing outfield, uh, mm-hmm. batted four seventy six in the College World Series, named the most outstanding player. I mean, crazy! Those are unbelievable accolades. What's what's your takeaway from from Arizona and you know as a whole as the school and then your playing days there?
4: If anybody ever had a you know question about school and, and wanted to know about Arizona. This is this is great. I mean, I can't say enough about University of Arizona. It was the best blend of um, you know academics, sports, social life. Um, I got it all. It was best three years for sure. Um, met my wife my last year there, and had a lot of fun, man. Uh, I think that's what college is all about. You know, obviously growing up as a as a human being and, and a person, getting your studies done, um, figuring out what you want to do, getting uh, passionate about something, and and uh but most importantly you know just i I think the human interaction of college was was the best part you learn a lot you know i mean making connections things like that so um i had a blast probably best three years of my life so um you know it the one sad part about our job is you meet a lot of kids um a lot of guys who are chasing the the baseball dream and they never got the opportunity to go to college. um, the chances of, of getting drafted and making the major leagues is really really slim I don't even know what the percentages are but to miss out on that college experience it, um, that's unfortunate
3: yeah no I agree I think it's one of those things because it's the first time you're out of the house right i mean you're out mm-hmm. of the house for the first time you're on your own you're doing things your own you're figuring things out yourself you don't have your parents to do it so uh, definitely agree with the, as far as I mean I had probably as much education off. Out of the classroom as I did in the classroom when I was in school.
4: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You learn the you learn the good late night food spots for sure.
3: <laughs> no doubt. Uh, so the the College World Series. Talk, talk us through that. What was that like? You know, winning the you know going through there and, and being named the outstanding player. I mean, obviously it was a lot of pressure and you stepped up.
4: Yeah. Um, we had a good team. There, I mean, there's a couple guys that are in the major leagues right now. Um, you know, Joey Rickard was was on that team. Um, yeah. It was it was a really really solid team. Um, and we we all played as freshmen, and we were all we were all, we were all really close off the field too, which helped. I feel like the, you know, I think that's what a lot of fans are excited about this team,
2: yeah. the
4: Yankees team is. Um, you know, the younger guys are, are friends, which which helps. <laughs> it helps on the field, off the field, so everything. So um, yeah, same kind of thing at Arizona. Those were those were my best buds in college, and we got hot at the right time, and um, you know, fortunately, I, I I got hot too, so. Um, yeah, that's just that's just baseball, though. <laughs> that's
3: true, right? All right, so college career, obviously success. Can you talk about the night you were drafted?
4: Yeah, um, we just started playoffs. It was probably regional or maybe super regional. I don't, I don't exactly remember, but um, it was during the day. Um, round one and two I had already gotten done. I think the day before, uh, so I was, ex- I was kind of looking forward to the next day. I was hope hopeful to get drafted and, um, a couple of rounds had gone by a couple of guys I'd played with had had gotten drafted. Um, but I was just staring at a computer screen. So I decided to get out of the house and, um, just went to a local, you know, shopping center and kind of just kill some time. I got a phone call, um, in in a store. Um, and yeah, the Yankees called me and they, they were in a, a frantic, seeing what I would sign for and they were on the clock. So yeah, I signed in, um, uh, I think the, one of the last picks in the fifth round. Do you remember who called you? It was the area scout. I think, um, I'm not positive. Um, but I, I remember whoever, whoever was on the phone was just like screaming. Like it, it just seemed like, a like a tornado was happening or something. It was, it was, it was loud, but, um, yeah, one of the best moments of my life for sure. And, uh, yeah, they told me I was drafted as a second baseman. I remember, I remember Robinson Cano was a second baseman, and I was like, "Whoa, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know how this is gonna happen." But, um, but one of the best days for sure.
3: You know, I don't imagine a baseball war room being like a the NFL war room. I feel like there's got to be a lot of he- just like hectic commotion. Baseball, it doesn't, I never, I never envisioned it being like a like a loud scene, like a big, busy scene. I felt like, you know, especially when you get past the first couple of rounds, it seems like guys have, uh, you know, who they want. Or they, they have an idea.
4: Yeah. Um, but um, in Tampa, they have they have the draft boards, and, and they've let the players kind of tour it. No. It's, I mean... It's, it's hectic because of the bonus money and, and knowing what high school kids will sign for what because that's always kind of a, right. you know a guess and then what what senior signs will sign. so it, it, there's a lot and I give a lot, of the, a lot of the Yankees guys credit. Um, they do a really, really good job and we, we've had some really, really good ball players you know come out of uh, come out of the drafts.
3: Cool. so you were pumped up to be a Yankee or was there a little bit of animosity from rooting for the Angels your, your whole uh, childhood?
4: No, I was never I was never super, super, you know, diehard Angels fan. I just enjoyed baseball and sports uh-huh. growing up. Um I liked watching, you know, like Latamer Guerrero and Tim Salmon, Darren Erstad. I mean, those guys were, were fun guys to watch. But um no, I, I was I mean, I was I feel like any I'm twenty five, so any twenty five year old up to, you know, I don't even know, but was a Derek Jeter fan. I mean, he was um he was he was classic Yankee, and he was he was fun to root for. Whenever the Yankees would come, it was a really hard ticket to get to, to get to the Angels game. So um, I was always a Jeter fan, and Yankees always meant a lot um, as a sports fan. So getting drafted by a you know a, a team like that that was uh, that was awesome.
3: Very good. So taking through the the minor leagues, uh, the what can you talk about the, just that climb? Like what, what was your mentality starting? after you get drafted and then knowing that the, the finish line is the Bronx, but there's, there's, there's other destinations.
4: I had no idea what to expect. Um, drafted in 2012, had a couple days off and then flew straight to Charleston. Um, and I was intimidated to be honest. Uh, those guys were already halfway, more than halfway through their season. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I didn't know anybody, didn't know one single person. Um, so, yeah, I got, um, you know, I worked out a little bit in Tampa uh, then went to Charleston. And uh, the first person I talked to was Ben Gamble. And Ben Ben and I became, you know, close friends. And uh, to this day, he's one of my best friends. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't know what to expect. They, they wanted me to just continue to play outfield. So I played outfield for about 40 games there, um, just getting used to wood bats. And then I did instructs, and, and um, that's That's when I started um, taking ground balls for the first kind, first time really in my in my life. (laughs) So yeah.
3: So you had never even played second base or infield in high school or before that. You were not.
4: I played a little bit in high school, but it was more just like out of necessity than. So um, yeah, and I played a couple games in college in infield, but um, yeah. So that was it. it Was a cool moment when I when I debuted in 15 with uh, the infield. Uh, coordinator and i carlos mendoza because i mean i give all the credit to him he spent so much time with me working and um you know instructs i think is going on right now so we we did two straight instructs and um um the the one part about our job is we get we get judged right away um so in 2013 when i started playing second base for the first real time in games obviously um you get you get um you get you get judged pretty quickly, so that, that was always a learning experience of just uh, just trying to keep your head down and keep working and things like that. So, um, guys making position changes, I, I feel for them. You know, it's it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of failure. Um, there's a lot of you know, kind of feeling like you let your team down because you're going through things for the first time for sure. So, um, yeah, Carlos Mendoza was was the guy who helped me the most.
3: Awesome. You were talking before we started recording. You were talking about the the management at Scranton. Can you can you talk more about? I mean, obviously we know what just happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just won the championship. The the team has has definitely changed too, just because all the trades that happened during the season, guys being called up. It's uh, it's pretty unbelievable how they they still went and and won that AAA championship. So yeah, just talk talk about Scranton a little bit. The dynamic in Scranton, I guess, in the in the coaching staff there.
4: Yeah, Al Al, uh, Al is the manager. Um, can't say one, one bad thing about him. He's an incredible human being. Great guy makes you feel like the best ball player in the world. And I think the chemistry that he creates in the clubhouse just by being the same person every day, um, can't say enough good things about him. Uh, like I, like I told you fully expect him to be back in the big leagues here soon. Um, he's, he's just that good. Um, can speak Spanish, can speak English, can connect with everyone. And, um, he's, he's, he's the real deal. And then, um, you know, the whole staff, the pitching coach, hitting coach, you know, um, Phelps and, and Wilson and, uh, you know, the bullpen guy, um, Brownie. I mean, incredible staff, great guys, and um, it, it was a joy to come to the ballpark every day and see those guys and work with them. So, um, and, and the team in Scranton, like you said, it was just a revolving door of uh, bullpen arms. New guys coming up from AA and AAA, but I think it just proves that. You know, with a good coaching staff and and good chemistry, and and uh, you know, I'm just really happy for those guys that they want it, and it's uh, I'm sure it's something they'll they remember for the rest of their lives.
3: Yeah, you're talking about chemistry. That's what's crazy to me is because chemistry to me is one of those one of those things you can't fake. It's something that just has to come very naturally. And when mm-hmm. you start inserting new guys and new people and up and down, uh, it's crazy how they were able to take it to that level and still keep that chemistry with all these new guys coming in. It seems like there's a lot of just good people good baseball guys who who just instantly get along and that's a really good sign for you know some i mean like a guy that has gotten a lot of fanfare is clint frazier is a guy who come over from mm-hmm. cleveland and um you know just inserting him and inserting some of these other guys that's a good sign as a fan from you know talking from the fans for uh for the bronx
4: i just think the older guys have to set a tone in the clubhouse of, of what the younger guys should expect for the new people and yeah um and uh, it was always about winning and getting better that's i mean that's pretty simple, but if you if you if you get too complicated than that, or you stray too much from that, then a lot of a lot of negativity can come in a clubhouse. So if if you're focused on winning, you're you're more than likely you're you're doing the right things um, and um, trying to get better and obviously get promoted to, to the Yankees.
3: Is the Scranton shuttle a thing that you guys talk about?
4: Oh yeah, it's <laughs> it's. I mean, you'd be lying uh, if you if you weren't. But um, it's it's um trying to think of the right word I mean to be on the shuttle between you know A and the shuttles to, to the New York Yankees I mean it's New York Yankees it's a tough it's tough to
2: yeah.
4: stick and it's it's um you know it's tough for sure hey just as a
3: fan website we know it's tough it's tough it's <laughs> tough for us to get the uh, the recognition as well too. it's, it's, it's tough all around it's uh, yeah that, that's but that's awesome I'm glad that they acknowledge the Scranton shuttle I'm glad it exists in the clubhouse too oh for it's not, sure it's not just a Twitter thing.
4: We almost made T-shirts,
3: I think. Oh, did you? That's awesome. Well, we we might be able to talk about that later. <laughs> so talking about the clubhouse, let's transition into that. It's a, it's, a, it's a good way to just really start talking about the the New York Yankees now up in the Bronx. Obviously, I think one of the biggest, the most exciting things as a fan, uh, you know, just from hearing our listeners, hearing our readers, listening to people on Twitter, the fact that all of you guys or the majority of you guys have come up together. And I mean, it's incremental, step by step. A lot of you have played at different levels together. Mm-hmm. And talking about chemistry, what have you guys talked about that in the sense that you know this could be something special? This is a, a special dynamic with that much, that much talent.
4: I, I, first off, I just want to say that um, it's with 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 how minor league baseball it is right now, it's incredible that fans even know, you know, guys like Judge and Tyler Austin, myself, Severino, before you get to the big leagues, and really we haven't accomplished just. Anything in the big leagues, and and to have support and stuff, it's it's incredible, and it's it's almost um, you know it's almost kind of scary because you know it's I think I think you should get judged on what you do in the major leagues, and 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 saying that we have the best veterans, you know Brian McCann, Chase Headley, you know Brett Gardner, CC Sabathia, guys who accomplished so much in the big leagues um you know dd Dee Dee, uh, starlin three all-star you know it's you can go on and on and these guys have done incredible things in big in the big leagues and they, they they take time out of their days and time out of their busy schedules um you know to help rookies coming up from scranton and, and things like that and um you know it means a lot and we always we always are very thankful for whatever, whatever they give us and um yeah but that's that's the biggest thing we have incredible veterans that that uh, have accomplished so much in the game, but they're humble guys. They're hardworking guys, and um, they help. They help, you know, guys like myself and, and uh, Tyler, and you know, you can go on and on.
3: Absolutely, I, mean, I think you. I think that's such an important thing. Obviously, I mean, when we look back, the Yankees did a lot of celebrating the 1996 team this year. That's the team that I grew up with. I mean, I was I was 16 when they won in '96. Like that was those were my guys, mm-hmm. and you know, the chemistry of that team and the makeup of that team was. I mean, it was a lot of veterans, a lot of guys that had a lot of success in the major leagues, and it seemed like they were the the perfect people, the the perfect players in the clubhouse to you know sustain and and to build on with the with the younger guys. And it's impossible for us as a fan to ignore the similarities of, of something like that because of the success and just the fanfare and the and like you said, like the the quality veterans that are in the locker room.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to be excited about things that you know, and like Gary's doing right now. I mean. You know, what, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. Uh, but yeah, you put a, you put a blend of, you know, talented veterans who have, who've done so much in the game and, and guys with talent level and, um, you know, youth like Gary, it's exciting for sure. So, um, um, you know, it, it's exciting time right now. And, and we're trying to, we're trying to trying to win every game right now. And, and, um, you know, bench guys like me are trying to contribute as any way possible. And, Guys like Torres has come up big right now that Chase is kind of, um, you know, fine. Solano comes up with a big home run last night. Mason's playing in- incredibly well in right field. So um, I think it's a, just a true testament of, of guys just trying to do their best, best to, you know, help a team win and contribute any way possible. And like I said, I think the veterans at the tone.
3: Who's the, the, the biggest guy over the last couple of years? been toward you the most that's on the, uh, the current roster? <clears throat>
4: Um, I mean, Chase, Chase always goes out of his way to make the, the younger guys feel feel comfortable. He does a really, really good job. Uh, I've always looked up to guys like Gardner and McCann, just the way that they go about their business. And then, obviously, when I was playing first base a little bit this year, Tex came up big. And, um, you know, watching Carlos and Alex early in the year in the cage and how they go about their business was, was a true joy. So um, I look up to all these guys and um, – I try not to say too much and just watch and and learn from them. And, um, that's always been my, uh, my attitude towards the day.
3: Awesome. So we know about the, I don't, I don't even like using the word hazing just because it's, it's a buzzword these days, but the fact that you got, you guys as rookies coming up, you know, we've seen the pictures, everybody has to dress up. What else is going on? Anything else you can, you can kind of let, let the fans know about that. I mean, do you guys get the worst lockers in the clubhouse? I mean, what's at the end of the food line? (laughs)
4: <laughs> um I, I I try to stay out of all the all the trouble as much as possible I'm a pretty quiet guy by nature so i kind of just um like i just said before like just watch and, and uh try not to say too much because i don't I don't have anything um of importance to say to those guys those guys are have been hitting their home runs and, and um, making huge plays and making all-star teams and winning World Series and things like that so uh for me to go out of my way to <laughs> to try to fit in or anything like that, that would just be, that'd be foolish. So I just watch and then it's, it's a joy learning from those guys. Those guys are truly, truly, uh, you know, a joy to joy to watch and, and learn from.
3: Awesome. I want to transition a little bit to off the field. I know you guys are, you're doing some, some awesome stuff with, with athletes brand and mm-hmm. and your overachieved campaign i got the i'm rocking the T right now
4: yeah it looks good <laughs> yeah
3: we're gonna be doing a uh, we're gonna be doing a, gi- a giveaway too so appreciate you uh, you throwing one yeah. of those in so we can give away one of the to the fans
4: yeah it's, it's comfortable right the t-shirt i mean they're ridiculous
3: they're so soft
4: they're... yeah that's what you know kyle the founder of athletes brand I, I told him i just want to make a comfortable t-shirt so yeah
3: no it's a great looking shirt and i i heard uh, you had a, a little bit in the in the design process or you designed it
4: yeah a little bit um i just kind of wanted a dark color so a lot of people can um you know you know wear it and rock it and yeah kyle the the founder of athletes brand wanted me to come up with an idea and um like i said uh, earlier in the podcast uh i was a huge kobe bryant fan so he had a really really good quote about over how he just wants to remember remembered as somebody who got the most out of his 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 talent and his body and uh you know just worked extremely hard so that was just kind of kind of what we were going with with Um, with the overachieve thing and yeah all the proceeds of the shirt go to a kid's place in Tampa which which uh, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more but uh, yeah the idea about the t-shirt was to to kind of just a t-shirt you could wear whatever when you're working out and uh, you know and uh, buying the t-shirt would would be would be ideal for you know somebody who you really really appreciate in your life Uh, somebody you feel like um, has made a an impact in your life somebody who you know, whether it was a you know a service service member or you know a teacher or a coach who stayed late and worked with you, you know, kind of just idea like that. Somebody who's really really worked hard and never really gotten a free handout kind of thing. So that was the idea about you know maybe buying a shirt for somebody who who you uh, you know really appreciate. Yeah, and you're
3: actually running a competition for that. Kyle was mm-hmm. talking about the uh, buy one give one type thing, and and it kind of makes you eligible for some. I know for some things that people want, I can guarantee that.
4: Yeah. Yeah. He came up with idea and it's a really, really cool idea. Um, you, know, we were trying to find ideas to how to spark some interest and, and, um, keep it going. And, uh, he came up with this and it was a really, really good idea. Yeah. It's a, it's really cool. Um, I guess like a gift box that he, he came up with. So, um, yeah, and there's some Yankee gear. I got, I got one of my gloves here that it will be part of the competition here. I don't know if you guys can see it.
3: Nice. Are we talking outfielders gloves, second baseman's glove, first baseman's glove? This? You probably have like 30 gloves.
4: Yeah, I, I have a lot more gloves than I was anticipating <laughs> this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Um,
3: so because of this, too, I mean, there's, there's, you're definitely getting a lot of accolades for what you're doing off the field, on the field, obviously. You're a finalist now, which was just announced yesterday, I think, or the day before, just yeah. recently, for the, the Marvin Miller Award. That's crazy. That's That's awesome. So, I mean obviously I'm sure you're, you know, humbled by this and just uh, super excited. So, can you talk us more talk to us more about the the charity too that you're raising money for? I want to definitely want to hear more about them and what they do.
4: Yeah, so um when athletes brand approached me about making a charity t-shirt which which um I was super humbled by. They wanted me to kind of pick a charity that was kind of I could relate to or was kind of near and dear to to my heart. So, Obviously, like I was talking about earlier, uh, I was adopted, uh, but my parents gave me an incredible home of of love and uh, support. So I always felt super blessed growing up, Um, you know, like, um, I don't know, got like a second chance kind of thing. So uh, a kid's place in Tampa is they bring in, you know, children in Tampa who are kind of neglected or abused, uh, you know abandoned kind of children in tampa which is i mean i, I kind of just wanted to bring awareness to to communities that you know this is happening kind of in your backyard kind of thing that um there's a lot of kids out there who aren't who aren't living a life that they should you know like when, when when you were growing up and when i was growing up the only thing we should really be thinking about is you know one's practice or you know what's for dinner and right
0: you
4: know i i just love the idea of kids being able to be kids and uh you know, grown up healthy and, and happy. And, um, unfortunately there's a, there's a lot, there's a lot of children who that's not a reality. And, um, I just wanted to find a charity that was in Tampa that I could work with and a kid's place, um, you know, seemed to be that, that charity and they're doing a lot of really, really, really good things. They, they give services to the kids and, um, they just give them an opportunity to be kids and, and be happy and, and feel loved and appreciated, which um, that was my, that was my biggest goal is to, uh, you know, try to impact some, some people's lives and, and raise money, but more so awareness and, um, you know, have people be inspired and kind of, kind of do their own thing.
3: That's awesome, man. You know, it's always good to see a guy who, who has a, a platform and uses it for a really good cause and, and just to get the word out and to raise some little bit of money for them to help them out, you know. As, a, as yeah. a Yankee fan, that's it's awesome to see one of one of our guys doing that. So, and I know I know there's plenty of Yankees that are doing very good things in their own in their own right with their yeah. own charities too. So, nice work, good work. Um, Thanks. Man. Got some uh, so a couple of fan questions that that came in through Twitter and Instagram,
4: and yeah. they're they're. I'm, really, sure you, I'm sure you had to filter out the bad ones.
3: What bad ones. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, you see, there's a lot of positive Ref Snyder talk on Bronx pinstripes. A lot of it. It's, that's good. Uh, it's it's good stuff. But no, I think actually most of it is is circled around your position and and kind of what it's like. So I'll just read a couple and they're they're similar in the in sense. But this one's from uh, Vic uh, Vic Damone on Twitter, Vic damone seventy nine. He says, "Where does Ref Snyder like playing best?" Uh, and he's being funny, but does he get dizzy from moving around so much?
4: Yeah, um, it's been a whirlwind for sure. Um, first day of spring training, uh, they asked me if I wanted to take ground balls at third base. I um, have never, never really done that in my life. Uh, text text got banged up act, act got hurt. Uh, so first base <laughs> happened. Um, but I feel the most natural feels feel the most comfortable in the outfield I always have just because I played it my whole life and and in college and so I uh, don't really have to think too too much out there and um, so definitely outfield.
3: All right, next one, which is uh, very similar and related. Is underscore uh, Cunningham12 on Instagram? What's the most difficult part about becoming a utility player for the team? And you just answered this, but what position feels the most natural?
4: Um, yeah, outfield. But um, just you know, not really knowing where to play or where you're playing um, that day, or or um... so. That's something I had to talk to you know some utility guys about that I played with, and um, just getting a routine of, of taking work or doing your work in batting practice I think Torres is the best example yeah uh, I'm still trying to be like Theres in the way he works during batting practice he moves from third second short uh takes fly balls in center left and right um always has a smile on his face always working hard and I think it's it's no um no shock that he's having success right now because he's extremely hard worker and um comes to work every day ready to Ready to um, you know get better, so yeah, just just having a routine and, and uh, just playing a lot of positions for the very first time at the very highest level and the most you know most amount of pressure is is um, is what I'm getting used to.
3: So now when you're when you're working on these positions too, are you are you divvying them up relatively equally as far as infield ground balls, taking stuff in the outfield? I mean, you feel most comfortable in the outfield, but obviously you have to keep practicing it to stay sharp what's uh what's that like and you know as far as your, your your preparation
4: yeah i mean obviously right now we got we got chases is, chases is, um coming back and and Therese and you know solano so i wouldn't i wouldn't play third base so uh, i would take my ground balls at second base fly balls and left and right and um and i probably wouldn't take too many at first base now with billy and, and tyler and, and tech so right. focus on second base and and left and right and um you know, try to take a lot of fly balls in center field as well.
3: Cool, and it's—I mean—it seems like it really does seem like the utility spot. I mean, baseball has changed so much in the sense with all the shifting and you know guys having to play different positions. I mean, if you're a shortstop, you got to play second, third, you got to play mm-hmm. short. I mean, they even put Chase at at uh, second base sometimes. So you got to be very flexible, a lot, very athletic, and uh, the utility position. I mean, it seems like it's becoming almost a you know a regular position on on all the ball clubs.
4: It's incredible. You know, I, I think. Guys who've done it extremely well are, you know, you know Brock Holt and uh, Ben Zobrist. I think those are those are the guys that come to mind um, for sure. Uh, those guys are incredibly hard workers. It seems like um, go about their business the right way, and then they're they're really really fun to watch. So um, yeah, I mean, it seems like. Most infielders have to know every position to play. I mean, I know, I know we had really, really good utility guys in Triple A, uh, with you know Cito Culver and Pete Cosma and Jonathan Diaz and and Solano when he was there. Yep. Uh, they played third to first base, second short. Um, so yeah, like you like you said, it's it's becoming a big part of baseball. All
3: right. So I want to get your your mindset about one specific play, and then we'll we'll hit up rapid fire and we'll, we'll wrap this up. Mm-hmm. So that that home run, your first home run, Fenway Park, take us through it. Take us through the at bat. You know, what what was that like?
4: Yeah, um I just gotten to hit uh my last at bat, so I finally, you know, my nerves were kind of you know a little bit better. Um but he uh he hung a slider. I was I was looking to shoot it the other way and he hung it and stayed inside it pretty well and I uh, was fortunate enough to hit a home run like I said um but yeah, it was it was an incredible moment. My whole family was there.
3: Uh, oh, awesome!
4: So it was it was truly a really really special day, and um, something I'll remember for the rest of my life for sure.
3: Cool. All right, let's do a little bit of rapid fire just just quick answers. Yeah. And then, uh, and then we'll get out of here. All right, favorite video game growing up?
4: Remember The Sims. I played The Sims a little yeah. bit with my friends. Uh, that was.
3: I never had the patience for The Sims.
4: Yeah, I, I grew out of that, and then uh, I liked Goldeneye. On
3: 64?
4: sixty-four. Sixty-four. James was,
3: Bond. Yes, that was college. that was, was gold for me.
4: Yeah, it was Goldeneye though, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, it was Goldeneye. Yeah, you,
4: you get you get the golden gun and the game's over pretty much. So yeah. that was fun. Uh, then Mario Kart with my sister. I mean, that those are. Those are my favorite games, for sure.
3: Nice. GoldenEye and Blitz were my uh, my two like ridiculous. Blitz. Colleagues. Yeah. Yeah. Blitz was awesome.
4: Dogs or cats? Dogs. Do you have one? No. Uh, my sister had a cat growing up. Uh, it was a cool cat. Uh, I like dogs though. I like both, but but dogs.
3: I'm surprised my dog Mattingly hasn't jumped in here and harassed us yet. It's <laughs> you know. a great name. <laughs> um, did you get that home run ball back from Fenway?
4: Yeah, yeah, I did. So I uh, gave it to my mom, gave the first hit to my dad. So it was cool.
3: Good. I'm glad Boston cooperated with that one. That's good.
4: Yeah, Bo- I mean, Boston fans are good, man. They're passionate about their team, their city. Um, you know, one of the best environments to play in, um, it's for def- sure.
3: It's definitely one of those intimate parks. I mean, is that is that, uh, you know, outside Yankee Stadium, what's your favorite park to play in?
2: Um,
4: I don't know. I just... I, Energy in the crowd. Houston had, you know, they have a good thing going right now. They got a lot of young talent, and, and their fans are super passionate right now. And hmm. Toronto, uh, those those fans are loud and Fenway, but I think Fenway for sure. I mean, the way the way the fans are passionate about their team, their tradition. It, it's a cool, it's a cool, it's a cool park for sure.
3: And everybody's so close, right? Like that's that's the one thing I took away from being there was that you're so close to the field. It's a very intimate playing, you know, and for a fan, it's very, because you're so close to the, to the players. You're yeah. Right on top of it.
4: Right on top of you. <laughs> yeah.
3: All right. This is where it's going to get difficult. East coast, West coast.
4: That's a good question. Yeah. For, for what though? It,
3: well, the next question is going to be more specific, but I think we just need some general terms on this one.
4: All right. Um, East coast.
3: All right. I'm surprised. Now <laughs> T- Tupac or Biggie? Biggie. Wow, that is surprising. Uh, what's the song you get pumped up to before you play? Is there a, a, tr- a playlist or is there a specific song that you hit?
4: Um, trying to think. I mean, I like Jay Z and Kanye, that's always kind of cliche, but um, they're always pr- pretty good. And um, a lot of guys and and triple A liked uh Nelly and TI, the, the southern rap kind of thing. I know, I think. I think Tyler Austin's walk-up song is uh, is Nelly, so um, th- those are always good to get pumped up to.
3: Nice. Favorite baseball movie? Sandlot. Very good. We did a we did a like a bracket of baseball movies, and who won? Sandlot.
4: Yeah, it I mean was, it's classic.
3: It was Sandlot versus Field of Dreams. Some people some people have a they don't call Field of Dreams a baseball movie. I don't get that it's absolutely a baseball movie to me, but some people are just,
4: how's it not? How's it not a baseball movie?
3: I don't know. Because it's more about the, I don't know. I, oh, no. I've heard that the, argument.
4: The last scene of field of dreams. That's pretty classic.
3: That whole movie is unbelievable. I mean, it's impossible. see. I, I'm not a, I'm not a crier, but when it comes to like baseball movies and like sports stuff, I'm I'm, I'm horrible. Yeah. All right. TV show to binge. You and your wife are uh, off season, hanging out on a weekend, watching Netflix. What, what are you watching the whole season of?
4: Uh, she will watch The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. I right now I'm watching The Office. Um I never I never got into The Office when it first started. I don't watch too much TV, but now I'm watching The Office. It's uh it's it's funny just cuz it's based in Scranton. yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so um, some of my teammates want want me to get on uh, Narcos. They they said that's a pretty good show right now. It is. And um so I think Narcos and Making a Murder are their next after The Office.
3: Okay. Yeah, one of my favorite. If you like that crime stuff too, um, the uh, the Wire, HBO.
4: Oh, that's good. Probably yeah.
3: one of the best shows ever made. It's phenomenal.
4: When when you're newlywed though, you don't have you don't have too much time. Just watch a lot of shows. We always we're always kind of on the move and checking the city out. That's that's the best part about you know, I feel like being on the Yankees is you can just walk outside and you know just go explore for a little bit and 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 see a lot of a lot of things you wouldn't see on the West Coast.
3: Nice. Is your does your wife travel with you on all your road trips
4: not all of them uh she actually we just sold my car in tampa um so she's driving a lot of stuff that was in my car to uh to her hometown and and uh, trying to downsize a little bit and, and get rid of some stuff so um yeah she's the best but yeah she travels a little bit and um she's she's gotten close with some of the, the other girlfriends or wives on the team so it, it's nice it's a nice little community they have
3: so I read that your wife's uh, a pretty pretty good athlete herself. Was at Olympic trials? Who's the better athlete, you or your wife? She is. Good answer. Yeah. My wife's the better athlete, too. Absolutely. <laughs> What's your favorite uh, post-game meal?
4: Oh, man. My favorite meal is fried chicken and, like, mac and cheese, mashed potatoes, biscuit. I mean, that's... Um, nice. Fried foods are, are my weak spot which which isn't isn't good our nutritionists would be mad.
3: <laughs> we don't have to tell them we won't show them this. who uh, who thinks they're the funniest guy in the clubhouse? Aaron judge but he's not
4: His music, his music tastes are below average. His joke his jokes are average Greg Bird's jokes are like just terrible. Yeah. So so Greg Bird, Greg Bird. Yeah, yeah.
3: They're just like the classic bad jokes. Yeah, yeah
4: like he pauses too much. Uh, it's just bad. It's bad. <laughs> All right,
3: going back on the field. Uh, who's the toughest pitcher you've faced so far?
4: Well, uh, I struck out against David Price terribly three times. Uh, so probably you know, feels like I I faced. Last couple guys I faced were Price and Kershaw and Sale. I mean, those are those are all three studs. Well, the Yankees have
3: historically had Price's number, so don't forget that we, Yankees hit David yeah. Price. That's what we do.
2: There we go. <laughs> all
3: right, man. Hey, that's that's it. If, before we wrap up, um, just tell us again where everybody can get the shirts. I know we're going to be running that contest for for a shirt. We'll do it on Twitter and Instagram. Um, but yeah, just tell us exactly where we can get it, and uh, and again, you know, the charity and where it goes to.
4: Yeah, man. I appreciate you doing this. Um, yeah. If you go to athletes, uh, slash ref you can, uh, you can go on there and they have a, they have a woman's tank top as well and, and kid sized t-shirts, men size t-shirts. And, um, yeah, like I said, um, if you buy a t-shirt, it's, it's, um, it's a comfortable t-shirt you can wear it pretty much wherever working out. Um, and it, it goes to a really, really good cause. You're helping a lot of good people out and, um, I encourage you, I really do, to, to buy it for somebody that um, that means a lot to you. Uh, be your parent, parents, coaches, like I said, um, you know, police officer, firefighters, you know, anybody you can really think of, just somebody that you you've really really admired their their work ethic, their attitude towards life. Just uh, show your appreciation towards them. I, I know it will mean a lot. And um, um, I'm getting some uh, shirts shipped to me, and, and uh, I'm gonna hand it out to people that I really appreciate. I think. In today's world, where there's a lot of negativity and things like that, I think it means a lot to, to have people reach out to each other and show their appreciation. And uh, that was the biggest thing. And I really do uh, appreciate all the support the fans have given me and, and um yeah, my teammates. And and um, you know it's 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 been cool to see how people can kind of come together and help each other out. And um, you know I'm, I'm super thankful for that.
3: Awesome. Well, thanks again. Best of luck. Uh, keep keep uh, playing well. The team is exciting. I can tell you that there's a there's a new buzz and a new energy in the fan base, and I know we're all pumped up for uh, for the future of the Yankees. And, and shoot, you talked to me. I'm I'm excited for the rest of this year too because I still think you guys have a more run in you. So, um, best of luck and uh, and keep it rolling. Man.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell Gary to keep it up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right. See you
3: guys.